Welcome everybody to uh, the Optimal Bio Wellness Podcast. And today we have a special treat. Our special guest today is Bevan Prince. You probably know her from One Tree Hill. And more importantly, um, she is a master soul cyclist and the founder and owner of a company called Recess, right in Wrightsville Beach in uh, Wilmington. And uh, today we're just going to focus on wellness. And uh, I'm your host, Jim Baker. And again, Tyler Brandon, uh, the CEO of Optimal Bio, who heads up the wellness program and Optimal Bio is here as well. So, Devin, thank you for coming. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be here. So, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about your, your story and uh, how you uh, fell in love with soul cycling, so to speak, and how you started your business. So, I was a um, master instructor at Soul Cycle in New York City and also worked for their training program and in their talent office and um, instructor development. And I I fell in love with cycling when I was living in New York, when I just moved to New York City. I'd been living in LA and in North Carolina and um, felt really claustrophobic inside a city. And I know when I start to feel that way that I need to try something new. I need to step into something new. It doesn't matter how small it is. And I thought the idea of indoor fitness was the most ridiculous thing on the planet. I couldn't comprehend why anyone would want to get on a bike in a room and ride to the beat of the music. But I was staying in an apartment that uh, was under a soul cycle. So I stumbled in there one day and I immediately fell in love. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is this makes sense of all the acting stuff, all of the personal work I've done as far as health and wellness. And um, and I was like, this is just my way to communicate and share in the moment. So I started teaching at SoulCycle and then spent six and a half years doing that. The beginning of COVID, I came down to Wrightsville Beach to visit my parents. My husband and I came down and we kind of looked at each other come September of last year and we were like, what are we doing in New York City? <laughs> I'm like, it's pretty good here. And I knew I wanted to continue to work. So I kind of took my version of you know, what I learned at SoulCycle and I created my own format and um, my own way of teaching that now we are building here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And we opened up in November of last year. We just had our very first sold out weekend last weekend, which is super exciting. And we are 25 bikes under a massive 40 by 60 tent. So you wear your mask until you're inside the tent and then all the bikes are over six feet apart. So then as soon as you start to ride, you can take your mask off. It's a high intensity workout that's really focused on not just your physical well-being, but your mental state. Because my thought process is when this is right, everything else uh, really starts to fall into place. Um, we are building an incredible community here in Wilmington and I could not be more excited to be here. So when you starting your business did you um did it start you know as you thought it would plan as you planned it or were there certain things that you uh you know didn't realize you needed to do that you had to do yeah i mean i'm i'm kind of an impulsive human where obviously i walk into a studio and i'm like this is my new job this is what i'm doing now or i decide i'm moving to north carolina i'm starting a business i'll figure it out so i definitely didn't and it's probably a good thing. Think through everything as in depth as I probably should have. Um, I'm very lucky my husband runs a company, so he was able to like help me run numbers. And you know, my background is in film and television and and fitness, not anything, not Excel spreadsheets or business at all. So um, 
he was really, really helpful as far as helping me get that going. But, you know, it's interesting being in a small community like Wilmington, everybody kind of just showed up and rallied in a way that I didn't expect and was so incredibly helpful. So, I mean, there were definitely some days I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is not going to work. Trying to put up a 40 by 60 tent in the middle of Mayfair, you know, when the tent people said you can do it on your own, you cannot do it on your own. Let me tell you that. <laughs> the directions are not easy to read. <laughs> so, you know, we just kind of like, we rolled with it um, from day one and we just kind of called on everybody we knew and then have met a lot of new amazing people along the way that have just showed up to help us really get this up and running. Um, so obviously you're tailor-made right now for COVID since you're basically outdoors mm -hmm. with the cover. And um, uh, is there any, is it always going to be outside or is there any desire down the road to have a in, in, enclosed yeah. studio as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have plans for a brick and mortar space in the future. Um, however, I do want an option for it to be open air as well. So I'm dreaming pretty big here. We're gonna have to figure that out <laughs> as we get closer to making that a reality. But um, you know, I dream up ways of it being in a, a barn type enclosure where all sides can be open and open air can come through. I feel like in a place like Wilmington, North Carolina, it'd be a disservice to us to not take advantage of how incredible this weather is and um, how much we enjoy being outside in the sunshine and, and, and doing that. I agree with you 100%. Um, both of you are on the wellness business and you know you have new customers that come to SoulCycle for the first time and they probably have um, very lofty goals you know about getting in shape losing weight and all that yeah and from a business perspective your goal is to keep them you know involved in your business as long as possible and at the same time hopefully help them achieve their goals and I know Tyler same thing you get people coming to you that you know have ambitious plans and what have you and have you, what do you, what do you, from your, both, both of your perspectives, what are some of the strategies that you try to employ to, you know, get them to think, you know, long-term, um, and this is a whole process as opposed to, you know, we don't have a miracle here and, you know, 10 days later, you're going to be doing the Tour de France and you're going to have lost 30 or 40 pounds. So that's what we all want, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, Devin, why don't you go first and then Tyler, can you speak to that? Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Um, at recess, like, I, I definitely see people that are struggling right, right now with this idea of, I'm not ready to come in. I, I'm not ready to start. I'm so out of shape. I haven't done anything through all of COVID. I'm going to be embarrassed, all these things. You know, personally, it, it depends on the person. So I gauge the individual. Obviously, every single person has a different need and way that they um, communicate and receive information and new ideas. Overall, just kind of like throwing a blanket on it. I do find that right now people need to focus on the feeling and the sensation in real time and they'll come back. If we're not focused on the goals, all the big things that we want will happen, creating really small, tangible goals like I'm just going to get up and move for 45 minutes, whatever that is. Like I have zero expectations about what my body's going to be like today. I have no idea what it's going to give me. And guess what? Nobody ever does. Show up, move your body. And I promise on the other side, you will feel something. And making those really small choices on the bike 
and even just the commitment to walking into the tent, these things start to trickle down into all other aspects of people's lives. So it's like, let's not focus on the 30 pounds, the, you know, Tour de France, any of it. Let's just focus on right now, I'm going to commit to one thing and I'm going to show up and do it. And then when we cross that off the list, let's choose another and let's pick another. And I promise people that when they come into the room, what's amazing about being on the bikes at recess is like, it creates a really safe space where, you know, you don't look silly unless you don't try. If you don't try, then you look silly. The rest of us are all, we all look ridiculous. We're on bikes that don't go anywhere. And we're riding to the beat of the music, like clapping our hands. Like it's absurd in the best way. So that gives us a really safe space to make some new choices, to choose some different thoughts. And as we start to practice that, the rest of the stuff outside the four walls of the tent really start to uh, fall into place. And I I always say if someone's watching you while you're working out, they're not doing the workout the right way. I'm like, if someone's next to me, I couldn't tell you what they're doing. And so I always tell people, I'm like, you just got to focus on you. And if someone's focusing on you, they're not doing it the right way. Um, But exactly what Bevan said, it's always around the conversation of taking little pieces, little steps for a foundation, because I feel like there's so much information out there. And it's like, there's, you don't know what to believe, what to do, what to start. So just think having that conversation of little founding blocks and then finding out what you want, not what someone else wants or what Instagram wants, and then making it part of your schedule. So a workout should be like a meeting, put it on your schedule so that you know you're going to commit to it. Do it with a friend. Um, I fully believe in morning workouts because you wake up, you go work out, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. And with food, you know, if you want to lose weight, it's like, okay, let's focus on what nutrition you should add to your um, diet that week and then just build on that. Um, once you do, you know, achieve your goal for that week, what's your goal for the next week and build on that because little pieces is going to make a lifestyle. And I think both of us really want to make sure that everyone, it is a lifestyle. We're not here for a quick fix because we really want you to enjoy life and um, feel good and not just have this continual, like, restart every few months mm-hmm. and that's it if it feels good you'll continue to do it exactly. yeah. and the hardest part is showing up once you're I've never left a workout and felt worse exactly <laughs> I mean there are some mornings that I'm like this is well, brutal when my alarm like, goes off <laughs> but once you leave you're so much you're a so much better person your mind works and you're like wow mm-hmm. why did I not want to come to this this morning so I agree with you however um you know, you're on the bike and somebody's telling uh, the bikers to jack that resistance up to 60 or 65. And then you're looking at the instructor and, you know, he or she is barely breathing. So then cynically, I'm thinking, are they really at 60 or 65 like I am? Or are they at 35? Because they have to teach and do the class. Um, but assuming that they're at 60 or 65 and I'm at 30, let's say, because I can't go to 60. How do you overcome that? discouragement, I guess, um, you know, when people are trying, but they don't, and everybody wants a quick fix these days, but they're, they're just, you know, they might feel intimidated. You know, it's very important to me that people are not using any sort of number gauge. So we at recess don't use any sort of numbers. There is, it's, it, you know, I can suggest what a what the resistance should feel like like is it sticky are you knee deep in mud are you feeling a thickness are you climbing uphill but your bike your body your hill your day is totally different than mine 
And what's beautiful about that to me is that it creates a sense of consistency over this idea of perfection and always trying to one up the day before or the last workout. And look, I'm all about progress and, 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 and making goals for oneself and testing and trying. But I believe if I can get you in the room and get you to start from wherever you're from and build on that, there's going to be something on the other side of that for you to learn. So, you know, that's the other thing to me too. I don't believe it has to be the, the hardest workout you've ever done. But I will tell you this, if I'm taking a push against resistance in class, I'm taking a push against resistance, just like you. That's an interesting concept though, because, uh, you know, whether it's weight training, it's, it's, you know, diet, it's exercise or what have you, it's, it's just like health these days, it's individualized as opposed to you being compared to, you know, the other 340 million people yeah. that are in our country. And, um, you know, and your competitor obviously, you know, is more about numbers, you know, than they are about, you know, how you're personally feeling at this point. So, um, the, you talk a lot about positive uh, thoughts as opposed to negative thoughts. And I know Tyler, you know, uh, shares the same type of philosophy. And I had the opportunity to watch, I guess, one of your Instagram posts, posts on YouTube uh, that you talked uh, uh, that you were on back in early February, and you kind of gave an example of um, you know uh, you going to the Today Show and and supporting your friend and oh yeah that was a couple years ago oh well that was great. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow could you walk us through that example again and uh, just to I give don't the know if I fully remember it but I'm gonna do my best. So I think I was kind of, I, 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 just, I remember the concept. The concept was this idea of shifting your mindset from lack and less than to abundance and positivity. So, I mean, I guess like a, a, a real example, like in the current moment for me personally, it could be like, you know, something goes wrong with our sound system and I'm failing at this. I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm letting everybody down. But in reality, if I look up and look around, people 25 people are moving on their bikes, and that is an incredible thing to celebrate. And people are willing to forgive me for not having it perfect straight out of the gate. And every single time one of these things happens, I learn how to avoid it the next time. So it's like, okay, great, we got one more out of the way, let's go, what's next? So it's like shifting this idea of, you know, lack and, and negativity to something that's a little bit brighter. We have an opportunity in front of us at all times, even in the thickest, most challenging moments. I have a very close friend and family member who is my very favorite person on the planet who is going through chemo right now. And she has found in the midst of this a way to embrace the lessons and the, um, you know, the mental training that she's experiencing right now. She's like, I have a different level of empathy for other humans. And those are the moments that I think keep us grounded in that life is complicated and messy and it's not easy and it's hard and it doesn't have to be perfect, but we can see the beauty in the struggle and overcoming the struggle. We can see the there is something in this that is positive and beautiful in all in all aspects of life. Yeah, I think the example you gave uh, back in the, uh, a few years ago was you set your alarm, you woke up, you're with your friend, mm -hmm. and you took a nap later on, and you kind of walked through. Oh, I had to get up early. I had to go uh, watch my friend. She did great, uh, but then I took a nap because I was tired, and that was like all the negative thought. And then you flipped it over. 
and you were like, hey, wow, I had a chance to see my friend. She was fantastic. Amazing. And then I had to take a nap, and I felt so refreshed afterwards. So it was just a different thought process. Yeah, I mean, I used to get, I mean, I've struggled with anxiety in my life, and I think one of the things that would, was really difficult was feeling overwhelmed when I was getting to do all the things I actually wanted to do. So taking a moment when I first wake up to kind of sit down and acknowledge how incredible it is that I've built this myself. I get to do these things that I have built. And acknowledging that kind of eases the anxiety and allows me to really look at it and approach it with excitement and joy as opposed to I've got to cross it off the list. And I think that change is like, you know, once we get that fully right, we're enjoying our lives. And I also think it makes a big difference that we're going to have good days and bad days and the bad makes the good better and the bad we learn from something or can just, you know, move on from it. And I think so many people these days, we don't, they don't realize that you're going to have bad days. So if there might be one little thing or even if it's a horrible day, but that is normal part of life and just kind of working through it and seeing that it's part of your journey, even though it could be a horrible day. And I think that would makes a big difference uh, with, you know, the younger generation mm -hmm. or just what's going on in the world right now is that we all forget that we're going to have a bad day and that's okay. And I think that really makes um, a huge difference with the mindset you mentioned before. Like you have to work on your mindset. It's a, it's a muscle just like the rest of your body. And so Think it, that really makes a big difference of finding that inner joy is just knowing you're going to have good days, bad days, what are you going to learn from them and just mm -hmm. move on to the next. And all of it is completely, it is a moment in time. Exactly. <clears throat> we can't attach ourselves too hard to the highs or to the lows. Like it ebbs and flows. It's always moving. It's going. And I want to feel big things in life. So I know that life is really on a spectrum in the sense that if I want to feel super high highs, I gotta be willing to feel really low lows. And that's okay. That just means I'm loving and living well. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have three younger sisters and I always tell them it's good to feel nervous. And so then I remind myself of that too. Like if you're feeling nervous, you're doing something. You don't want the same steady every day. Yes. So on that note, though i mean just in you Tyler, you made the comment it seems like there are a lot of people that are unhappy even though from a you know historical standpoint um you know we've never been safer um we have food we have shelter um you know you you can walk out your door in most places in this country and not fear for your life and so on and so forth yeah it seems like there's this you know cloud of unhappiness out there and you know from your perspectives, I mean, why, why is that? Why, why do you think that's happening right now? Okay, Tyler, I'll let you take this first. Yeah, I think, I think about this all the time because I don't think I'm that removed from high school, you know, 15 years. And I just feel like the high schoolers now are totally different than when I was in high school. And I think it has to do with lifestyle in the sense of social media. It's so much comparison of a fake life. Whether it that people are editing what they look like or their trips or whatever you have is a highlight reel. And I think that really makes a big impression on people's minds, especially if you're younger. Um, and that's all you're looking at all day. Uh, I think it's um, our food, working out. I, don't, I think people underestimate what food does to you. Food is medicine and it can make you depressed, anxious, upset. Um, and moving your body, it makes a huge difference with your endorphins. So I think it's a whole lifestyle and not finding 
what your purpose is and what you want. And you're trying to think, well, so-and-so on Instagram, or I'm not there yet. You know, what's wrong with me? Instead of just kind of finding what you want, what makes you happy, um, I think really has a big yeah. impact. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there is that the, the focus is outward as opposed mm -hmm. to inward. We're concerned about what Jane down the street is doing and what her, you know, what she looks like in a bikini and did she go on a trip somewhere and we don't see the reality of what anyone's actually experiencing. And this focus, like being glued to a screen and, and detached from, um, you know, real life. And I feel so, so much for, you know, kids in high school and kids in general right now who aren't getting to experience, you know, human connection, which I'm kind of a believer that eventually the bubble will pop in some way and we'll be, we'll be, you know, forced back into real like human interaction and, and connection, which is really, I think, to me personally, what brings me joy and, and, and life. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the comparison and not, and not knowing what it is that lights oneself up because we have too much, too much to look at. Completely. I know. I really think the silver lining of this year of, is that people will realize that we knew we need human connection and that's how humans are built. So I don't know if it's illusion or hope, but I'm like convinced that phones hopefully, right? You know, like what's like we have kids, you like you know, phones will will realize like wait, we should not be on our phones all day. We need that human connection, not you know, yeah. liking someone's Instagram post. It's tough though. I mean, I, I even you know, I'm in my late 30s and I have a lot of friends who are you know newer moms and are looking at these women on Instagram with you know, eight pack abs and, you know, running a business, carrying the babies and doing the whole thing. And I'm like, this right. is not real. Like it is okay. Like it is complicated and life is messy. And this is like, and they're like, I'm not doing enough. And I'm like, but you're doing as much as you can handle and you're doing great at it. So like, stop, okay. <laughs> stop, yes. put it down. Exactly. And you have no idea what's going on behind their picture, mm -hmm. but it is a constant reminder of like stop like you know I tell my sisters it's not real and then I'm like Tyler it's not real so it's you know that constant that constant yeah. reminder well we can probably talk a lot about this all day long um, but let's go back to some tactical things so uh, you know you're obviously in the in the wellness business you're helping people um, you know have a sound body and mind and uh, positive thoughts and everything else. Do you, do you get into the diet world with them as well, as well or people, is that something you stay away from? People tend to ask me a lot about it. It's, it's really tough, especially when I was in New York because I was teaching about between, you know, 10 and 17 classes a week. I don't think I'm really able to comp, like you don't need to know what I eat in a day. It's not what any normal human that is working out for one, for 30 minutes to an hour of their life should be consuming by any means. But I do believe in lifting restriction in a way that, um, I believe in introducing new foods that are positive and healthy for you before thinking about taking things away. I think naturally as we start to introduce really um, nourishing foods from the earth, as clean as possible, we start to feel the effects of that, and then we'll, as you know, we're making small changes, we can we can shift away, but never depriving oneself. Like 
look, I eat sugar in the morning. That's what I like to do. I like to wake up. If there's a cookie here, I'm going to eat it. If it's a cupcake, I'm going to eat it. If it's ice cream, I've done it. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that like, it's not the smartest thing that supports my mental well-being all day long, but if I want it, I'm going to have it. Um, and I think that food is a really, really personal thing. What foods make one person feel good can be the exact opposite to another, but baseline, clean eating as clean as possible, cook at home from the earth, do your best, eat locally. If you can all organic, if you can, <laughs> And you know, that's tough. It's a privilege to have the opportunity to say, eat organic. You know, it's, it's not something that ever, that most people in our country can do. No, you're absolutely right about that. Um, Tyler, any thoughts on the diet piece of it with some of your patients? Yeah, completely with what you're saying by not depriving and adding nourishing foods, because I think we live in such a diet culture that it's really about restriction, but restriction is not a lifestyle. You're going to binge, you're going to not be able to continue being healthy and feel good is going to be that cycle that no one wants to be part of. And so I really think the education around food um, really helps with, you know, fueling your body. As I mentioned before, Food is meant to fuel your body and it can make you feel good. It can make you feel bad. So I think if there's more education around it, so then you can make the choice like, okay, today I'll have the cookie, but I know, you know, I need protein or, you know, I shouldn't have a processed food all day because more importantly, it makes, you know, whether I have a headache, a migraine, um, anxious, depressed, it's really, I want people to know what food does to you. And I think that's the missing connect. Um, that people don't realize the importance that food has onto your physical and mental health. And it should be delicious. It's, I mean, I, my favorite thing to do is to eat. (laughs) I plan my entire days around what I'm eating, when I'm eating. I'm amped for it. I love it. It's the best. But so when we put great care and love into choosing those foods and exploring food and testing new spices and things out, it, it becomes a it becomes something really enjoyable and also something that you don't even notice all the good you're doing for yourself. It's 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 mindful through and through. Mindfulness with your food and mindfulness in everything. Yeah, it's a good point too, because what might make me feel good may right. not make you feel good. And you know, you kind of read all the time about um, you know, make sure you got, you know, you're wolfing down 14 bags of kale during the day and, you know, 10 cans of spinach and all that stuff. Well, that may really mm-hmm. make somebody uncomfortable um, physically, um, whereas somebody else can easily handle that type of thing. So you have to have, to have that balance, obviously, um, in, your, in your diet. Um, from a, maybe this is kind of a weird question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow, from a feeling positive and having positive thoughts um, are there any foods, you know, that you would, you, you like to eat that make you feel better? Not just, oh, I'm full and I feel refreshed, but more about, I feel more positive. This is, I hated the idea of smoothies. I thought it was a waste of calories and I'm going to explain why, <laughs> because I like to mm-hmm. chew. I like to chew things and I drink really fast. So when I drink a smoothie, I don't even, I don't pay attention to it and I just take it down and I'm like, then I still feel unsatisfied because I haven't paid attention to my smoothie. Four weeks ago, no, it's probably been about two months, I started making my own smoothies at home. And I did this because 
I wanted my husband to eat some more greens <laughs> and I was starting to make some smoothies at home. And as I started to prepare them and was preparing for him and I made them in a way that I could eat it with a spoon and I put a little bit of like grain free granola on top, I will say shifting from a peanut butter on like a gluten free English muffin to the smoothie with fiber, spinach, fat from almond butter. Um, and you know almond milk and and real like sugar from fruits real sugar not processed sugar actual sugar i feel fully sustained more clear-headed in the morning and better than i felt before the hours of 9 a.m in my whole life very nice How about you, yeah i guess for me i mean um as it's so individual, as we've talked about, it's, you know, makes such a big difference. And for me, it was really listening to what I shouldn't be eating and then listening to my body. Cause there was so much like keto, paleo, you need this amount of fat, you need this amount of protein. And so I realized like, wait, I don't, I, my body can't eat a lot of fat. So I really just now try to listen to, I love like a green juice. Um, and, fruit really makes a big difference and then I'll eat like proteins and fats when I feel like I need them and so I've really tried to work on because people would always talk about intuitive eating and I'm like yeah like whatever what, what you know what does that even mean and then I've really tried to just focus on what I need instead of what people are telling you is healthy or what you should be eating yeah uh, but that's that's made a huge difference because I've tried low carb, paleo, you know, keto, whatever you have. And then I was like, wait, what do I want? Like what That's makes so my body feel good? Interesting. Cause I remember when like the, you know, I was probably in high school or like middle school when low carb started to become a thing. Right. And so my whole life, I remember trying to force down chicken, force down steak. I don't like chicken or steak at all. No piece of me likes it. And as soon as I stopped and I started eating a potato as opposed to the chicken or the steak with like a lean fish, I was like, I feel satisfied. My body feels better. All these things. I'm someone who needs a lot of carbohydrates. Like I just mm -hmm. need it. And it makes me feel more satisfied and better and all the things. And Every time I focused on like high protein, I felt sick. My digestive system shut down. It was just not a positive situation. For me. It, I would same exact thing for me. And like two years ago, I started, you know, not being scared of eating a potato, eating fruit again. I was like, oh wow, like this is what my yeah, this is what my body wants. I knew I hated chicken, and I would just eat it because protein. And yeah. yeah, now I can eat a potato and not worry that. I'm going to be swollen yeah. in five minutes, you know? So it really, it is a huge, that's why education and just listening to yourself and back to what you said, whole foods, like you really just try to avoid processed foods. You do have so many options of what will make you feel good and you can figure out what that is. There's this belief out there that you had this 90, 10 rule where 90% of the time you're trying to eat as healthy as possible. 10% you just indulge yourself every once in a while. So going to the dark side, going to the 10% world, um, I'm, you mentioned cupcakes and cookies. I mean, is that your indulgence side or is there something else that you just die for every once in a while? I mean, I really like sugar. Like I like sugar probably more than any other human on the planet. I love sugar. I, 
I don't love the crash that comes afterwards and the hunger that comes two hours later, which is just like absolutely ravenous. And I feel like I have zero self-control, which I don't like that feeling. But yeah, sugar is something I, I like, but I try to, you know, make sure when I do have it, I eat something. My friend Janet said this to me once. She was like, you know, she's, she was older than she's like my mentor. And she was like, Bevan, high vibration only. And I was like, yes, high vibration only in every sense of the word. So if I'm going to have chocolate, I'm going to go find, like, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to pick up a Kit Kat. Like, I'm going to find a chocolate that is, like, delicious and good. And look, I will eat the Kit Kat, too. I mean, it happens. But, yeah, sugar is, like, my big, um, it's my favorite uh, okay. thing to do. <laughs> Sugar and riding your bike. Yeah, that's it. Love it. Both. I vibrate racing on both. Yeah, and I found ways too yeah. that if I eat sugar, a little bit of sugar right before I get on the bike, my body uses it right away, and I have a way that it supports me as opposed to making me crash. And like when you said you eat sugar in the morning, because then you have all day to burn it off instead of like eating dessert at night. So you yeah. But sugar happen. can't replace a meal. No. I tried to make that for years, and it just cannot. It has to be an addition, otherwise it's a really sad, yeah. sad situation. Yeah. What about your cheap food, Tyler? Tyler? Yeah, so I never thought of the high vibration thing, but I, when I do um, want something sweet, I really just try to go for the best option, so like a good brand and something that's good. So I always say make it worth it. Like when I see someone drinking like a frappuccino at Starbucks at 9 a.m., like if that's what you want, sure. But I don't think people like that's just their morning coffee. I'm like, if I'm going to have something, I want a piece of like key lime pie or something that I enjoy and not something yeah. I'm passing. Uh, I found some good brands that I like. So even though um, it might be ice cream, it's like I feel like a better brand. Um, and also back to, you know, just not categorizing food as good and bad. And just knowing you can't, you know, eat ice cream every day. That made a big difference in my life, too, is understanding that nothing, like, it's not good or bad. It's just a choice. And you can make another one. And that's something I always had to remind myself when I was younger and struggled. I didn't struggle so much. Um, but, you know, I definitely had some, like, you know, I was trying all these weird diets yeah. and, you know, was 20 pounds heavier and all the things. And, um but understanding that this body's this incredible machine, and if you make a choice, drink some water, eat a regular meal, and it'll balance out. Like, you don't have to do anything to fix it. If you try to fix it, that's when you go down the slippery slope, and that's when the real, like, damage gets done. Exactly. I was talking to someone the other day, and she had a bag of chips the night before, and she kept saying, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And it just breaks my heart because I, you know, I feel like a lot of us have been there, and we get it. And it's just, it takes your time to fully understand and work through it. And there's, I know, we can have as many conversations, but it's just until you understand. Uh, but I'm just like, once you have that freedom, because then you can choose, okay, I want that bag of chips, and you move on. But it really does take time um, to really work through that, because food is so powerful. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, yeah. By the way, this isn't a beer. This is a LaCroix. Just FYI. I felt like do I whatever, do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I'm not above a I beer. Mean, yeah. <laughs> it's five o'clock at the beach. I mean, do it. Yeah. Um, well, plus two, I mean, you talk about food and food shaming and everything else. And um, the 
going back to the social media thing again, I mean, you're seeing all your friends all the time drinking carrot juice, basically, and they're looking phenomenal. And you're thinking, my God, I'm not disciplined like they are. And, you know, so if you were going to give advice to younger people on how to use social media, because um, I know, Bevan, you're pretty adept at it. And Tyler, you're good at it, too. What would you tell them to do? How would you use it as a tool as opposed to being in it, an all-consuming type of thing in your life? I mean, block, block anything that doesn't make you feel good. You don't have to follow. Yeah, I mean, like, you can follow them and you don't have to hurt anybody's feelings, but mute anything that is over-consuming your time and making you feel feelings. Like, I mean, there are people that I adore face-to-face, -face, love them. People I would, you know, run into traffic for. I cannot witness their social media without a sense of comparison. And so I had to remove it. Doesn't mean I love them any less, but that just means our interactions have to be face-to-face. -face. So it's really like use social media to, to support yourself, to make yourself feel good, high vibrational. Like find, you know, fill yourself up with things that make you feel awesome. Mine are generally like puppies and interior decorating. My God, that's just it. <laughs> like I don't follow a lot of fitness people because I do find myself comparing and trying to be something that doesn't feel authentic and natural to me. So I have to remove it so that I can just kind of laser focus in on what is my personal net best next step. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. When it's, you think about like who you want to surround yourself in real life, I try to use that in social media as well. And so there are many accounts that I have unfollowed. Um, if it's just making, yeah, feeling like you're comparing or like I'm not good enough, it's like you don't need to see that every day. So I really try to, of course, I follow my friends, but there's people I've also hit their stories. Um, but, and just learning it, using it as a tool, like social media, there's a lot of negative, but there's a lot of good that you can. So I try to follow people that I'll learn from um, and kind of like it's a, encouraging to like be better or you know content um, i love a lot of health ones just to learn like scientific ones just be like okay like learn a fact um so really create it to yours and that's why i like instagram over facebook um because you create it more toward what you want to look at and that makes such a big difference yeah i mean i definitely follow people that i look up to and aspire mm -hmm. to certain qualities because I think just like in the way that you surround yourself with people outside of social media what you're surrounding yourself with is what you're going to create and mimic the thoughts that are coming in so yeah I mean I follow a lot of you know shamans and people that have <laughs> words of wisdom that remind me to put my phone down <laughs> exactly but I think you're so right like you know when you don't feel the best looking at an account and that's when you should be like okay like what should I how should I reassess and not feel bad when I come onto Instagram or not good enough. Great advice. So let's um, circle back to SoulCycle again and to recess. And um, as you have been talking, I've been, you know, thinking to ask this question, how do you stay fresh as a, uh, not only a business um, leader, but also, you know, as the, uh, the master cyclist in your class and, you know, your, your programs and all that. I mean, do you get help from, the mothership, so to speak, or is it all you and you're just doing it all yourself? So I don't work with SoulCycle anymore. I left SoulCycle um, last year prior to starting recess. It felt like the right decision for me, the right time to kind of step out on my own and do my own thing. And I am indebted to um, 
that company and, and the people that I got the privilege of working with for so many years that inspired me in so many ways. And also many, many of my friends are still there and we communicate on a daily basis about what it is that you're trying and doing and what you're experiencing in class and these sort of things. Always trying other forms of exercise. That keeps me wildly inspired is watching other people instruct in different ways and finding ways to communicate on the bike similar concepts. Um, I think that someone really wise once said to me, if you're bored, you're being boring. So I, you know, we have a different playlist every single time we ride. So it's new music every single time. I switch up the flow of class every single time and just kind of manipulating that and trying to get out of my comfort zone and allowing, you know, I, I call myself a curator of experience in the sense that it's not just music. It's not just fitness. It's not just, you know, self-help. It's all these things wrapped into one and how they all tie together is this like really beautiful piece of art in 45 minutes on a bike. And I know that's a little self, you know, glorifying, but we got to do what we got to do. If I'm in a class, how much time do you spend prepping for that class? I spend probably a couple hours per class. Um, it depends. Some days it's like, it feels much bigger than me and it channels right. And I'm like, I know exactly what to do, where to go, what to play. It just all happens. And then other days you have to, you know, get really still and, um, spend time thinking about, you know, sometimes I start with the body, sometimes I start with the music and you just kind of let it, um, kind of take its own, its own shape. Yeah. Instructors are, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it, but you guys make such a big difference. It's like, that's why we keep coming back to classes. Of course we love the workout, but once you connect to the instructor, it's a game changer. You know, it's interesting because I feel like there's a world that exists where instructors think, it really is about them and their performance and their um, them being received. And I'll tell you what, I've had classes where I've made it about me and I felt that and I pushed and pulled in all the ways and they are not, they, they feel terrible. They feel terrible. But if you are able to be a witness, an empathetic human, do your work before, show up and be wholly present and um, communicate with the people on, you know, in real time, that's when the magic really happens. And that's like the thing that I'm, I live for. Yeah, it's the greatest. I miss, uh, I miss a good uh, group class these days because the energy and, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm like, I already looked at my schedule. I'm like, can I go down the beach earlier than two weeks? So I'll be there. And it's funny, like I saw like maybe like a year ago, I made the comment just talking about how Raleigh, I feel like is a very like wellness centered um, city. And so is Wilmington. And I was like, it's just so weird. There's not good spin studios or spin studios here. And then I saw your Instagram pop up and I'm like, oh, people are listening. I'm like, that's awesome. Cause it's really, on, it's really needed. We plan on reaching Raleigh and Charlotte in the next few years. So yeah. we, we have big plans for expanding quickly. We're going to do a pop up at the end of the year in Charlotte um, kind of as our first expansion, we'll pop up for a week and bring the bikes down and um, set up space there. And um, so we're just going to continue to do that as much as we can. And, and kind of, I, I just, I'm, I'm here for, for everyone. I'm here to serve. <laughs> That's awesome. North Carolina's waiting. They, yeah, Charlotte's great. Raleigh, I'm biased, but 
down in Charlotte too. So that's so exciting. So Devin, in five or seven years or so, where do you see recess? I definitely, I definitely see us, you know, in multiple locations throughout North Carolina. In five to seven years, look, I, I, I have, I don't know if I can look that far ahead. I'm really, I can see a version in five to seven years where we've expanded throughout the Southeast and we've, we've really um, created a safe space for people. Uh, at the same time, my, my, I'm really good at making small goals and then seeing like the next, the next step of a vision. So that kind of opens me up and gives me more space to be malleable and like see, see and make room for a little bit of magic. Like who knows what, who knows where we'll be and what we're doing. We definitely will expand to digital in the next year as well. So we'll start to create some digital content. Um, we're hopefully going to start shooting them like the next couple months and really um, pump that up and make sure we can reach as many people as possible. So I'm already excited. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll come to your class tomorrow and then, you know, work our way to Raleigh. Yeah. I know there's a lot of us here in Raleigh that would be very excited. But I'm the same way. Like, I try, because so many people are visionaries and they have these five, ten-year goals. And I sometimes think, I'm like, okay, like, five years. But I'm definitely, like, a goal-by-goal short-term, yeah. and then I'll, I'll get there. So I totally I've never been misled as far as, like, leaning into what feels right in my gut and my core at the time. Yeah. yeah, your gut really tells you everything. I think if more people listened to their gut, it would be a better place. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I, I wish you the best of luck, and um, I'm looking forward to taking your class. And for those that are – able to travel or they're in the Wilmington uh, Wrightsville area, they can just go to your website and sign up and, you know, take a class and they're good to go. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. That easy. Fantastic. Um, well, we always end uh, every uh, podcast with um, five takeaways that you've picked up throughout your life that you want to share with the audience. And um, I'll have Tyler go first and then Devin, I'll have you close us. Okay. Okay. I would say one morning workout is key. And I was very, when I was in school, I was a very anti-morning workout. I was like, I'll never do that. I can't believe I ever thought that. So morning workout, uh, work hard. You've got to work hard. Travel, um, find your inner joy and your inner peace. When I was younger, my dad always told me, find the joy. And I was like, what does that mean? Now I get it. Because even on the bad days, you still have a spark. And then lastly, um, have fun, you know, enjoy your friends, appreciate your friends. Those were so good. Um, so first and foremost, let it be messy. It's always going to be messy. If you are trying something new, you are, you have to start somewhere and you got to learn a lot of lessons along the way. So don't be afraid of the mess. Step into it, lean into it and embrace it. Two, don't take it too seriously, but always try your best. So don't understand that it's a little bit of a game and we're all playing a game and, you know, don't, don't let everything knock you down. But every time you show up, show up 110% from wherever you are in that moment. Um, find tangible ways to validate yourself along the way um, that, are, that don't have anything to do with anybody else's opinion. It could be I'm really proud of myself because I said I was going to wake up at this time and I made my bed. Like just small, tangible things to self-validate throughout your day. Surround yourself with incredibly loving people um, that make you laugh and um, just latch on 
to them with everything you have. They're the most, most important thing in the world. And uh, lastly, always ask for what you want. Let people know. They don't know unless you tell Very them. Good point. <laughs> Great advice. And we have one audience member who says, come to Raleigh ASAP. All right, so Catherine. hopefully you can <laughs> uh, east to north at some point in time as well. But um, it's been great having you on today. I appreciate it. And I uh, just want to wish you the best of luck uh, with recess. And uh, I'm sure you've been an, been an inspiration to me. And you did validate because I have a smoothie every single day. So I'm glad there's somebody else out there. <laughs> Thank and, you uh, so much for having me. It's just been a pleasure. And I can't wait to meet you guys in person. Sounds great. Take care. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. Thanks, All right. Bye.